Hello and welcome to EMPcast, your NTU employability podcast. A podcast where we chat about all things employability, talking with NTU's very own students, graduates and employees as we ask them about their journey so far entering the world of work. Welcome back to another episode of EMPcast. My name's Rish Barua. I'm one of the careers consultants in the NTU employability team. And not so long ago, I was a staff mentor taking a bunch of students on a volunteering trip to Guatemala. Joining me today is the lovely Diana. Hi. Hi, Rish. Um, I'm Diana Patrick Atkinson. I'm one of the enterprise advisors from NTU's enterprise team. And I was just thinking about back in the day when I was a kid making loads and loads of greetings cards for anyone and everyone in my family and you know what after I studied fine art at NTU the first business that I set up was card and printmaking. Well that was useful wasn't it? Yeah it was. Interesting to reflect back on your journey to where you've got to now. Anyway, unlike other episodes, we're not being joined by anyone today, and that's because we're doing something a little bit different for this MCAST episode. We're coming to near the end of the academic year. Some NTU students are graduating in the summer and others are preparing for their next year at university. We thought it would be fun to take a look back on some of the amazing work-related learning activities that some of our past EMPcast guests have participated in during their time at NTU. Hopefully along the way, encouraging you, the listener, over the summer to reflect on some of your work-related learning experiences, what you've been part of, or maybe what you might want to do in the future. Now, what we mean by work-related learning is any activity in or outside of your course that provides exposure to realistic professional tasks and or realistic professional environments. The examples we'll be reflecting on during this episode range from a society committee role to a year-long placement, highlighting just how broad the world of work-related learning really is. So what do you say, Rish? Shall we get straight into it? Oh, yeah, that sounds good. Um, One word that constantly pops up within EMPcast is transferable skills. Now, transferable skills, I say we hear it a lot and it's a phrase that gets thrown around. And do we actually know what it really means? What we mean when we talk about transferable skills, skills that you gain from one task or one thing that you do or one environment that can be transferred to another. And your example there, Diana, was a really, really good one. You started making these greetings cards just as little hobbies. You told me earlier um, before we started recording that you were doing it basically from when you were a little girl. But then (laughs) you combine that with your studies and then all of a sudden you thought, well, what do I do? And you were able to make it into a little business. And that is a great example of something that's transferable. But also when we talk about transferable skills, It could be that the job that you've had working in a shop or working behind a bar, that could be something that's really useful going into a professional role. And uh, those students who've spoken to me in the past, they'll know that I'll always say, if you can cope with working in retail and the Boxing Day sales, or you've been behind the bar at last orders on a Saturday night, you can definitely tell your employer that you're able to work under pressure because there's nothing worse than that, is there? Absolutely not. Yeah. Call centres. That's another one. 
Absolutely, experiencing yeah. customer service, pressured environment and various other things all at the same time. But also, I talked to you about uh, the volunteering expedition that, that I led to, to Guatemala. I say I led, the NTU volunteering team led it and I was just one of the staff members who went along. Sure, you could say, well, how is that going to be relevant unless you're doing anything other than teaching? Because we're working in a school. So if you wanted to be a teacher, great experience of hanging around with, with kids in a school environment. But also we were doing the fundraising. We were actually uh, learning Spanish, enough Spanish to get by. And when we were there, the working environment was very different. The working hours were very different. There had to be a lot of resilience shown and there's some real challenges for the students. There's a lot of working together. There's the ability to communicate across barriers. All of these things would be just as welcome if you're going into an engineering environment, if you're going to be working in an office, if you're going to be designing things in the future. They're all really valuable things to talk about, I think. Muy bien, sí. And now I forget all of my Spanish that I've ever learned. So um, <laughs> so we spoke to Akhil a few months ago and he explained how some of the skills that he developed creating the new black society helped him towards his goal of securing a role as a trainee solicitor after he graduated. Also, Connor found that the experience that he gained via students in classrooms was really helpful when he was applying for graduate roles which had management responsibilities. And I think those are two really good examples of the myriad extracurricular work related learning opportunities available at this university. Indeed. Um, but before we uh, play some clips, Rish, what I just want to point out for you avid MCAST listeners out there who might be wondering who Connor is, this episode, as well as having a different format, has a couple of sneak peeks for what's to come. So keep your ears out. But back to the extracurriculars as a form of work-related learning. Shall we start by listening to a bit of a clip? Delving into the MCAST archives, Listen again to what Akil and Connor had to say. One thing I'd really recommend to any student, kind of even with COVID, there's so many opportunities for kind of employment. And it's obviously one, the pay is good and there is that element if you're a student, that's a nice kind of bonus. But actually you're building connections in the university, you're building connections in the local community in a lot of cases. And actually on your CV, it's a really useful thing to have. So students in classrooms is really useful for me if I do fancy to pivot into kind of a more educational teaching background. It could be joining the cocktail society, you know, it could mean that you're getting a marketing plan together to you know, market the cocktail society and then you end up doing that and having fun with your friends whilst you're there. You know, it doesn't need to be, you know, I'm going to have to work 10 hours a day to demonstrate my resilience. It could be something that's fun, but then something that shows you're entrepreneurial, something that shows you have a business mindset. So I'd say Use it to sharpen your skills, use it to find friends, but also use it as an escape from studies because you don't want to be locked into your studies all the time. You're getting really good experience and a lot of roles will say, especially as you get kind of to a, a more advanced level, you've got an experience of mentoring and a recent graduate might not have experience of line management, but actually people say, well, I've helped mentor someone and give them advice and guide them. It's not quite line management, but it's using those examples where you can pull something across to help kind of build that, that employability element of your of your career. Like. I co-founded New Black Society not because I wanted to get a job and not because it was for my CV, but because I genuinely wanted to, you know, help people, you know, unlock themselves personally and professionally, but also to challenge these negative representations that people had towards black people, towards ethnic minorities, and people had towards themselves. So find something that you enjoy, find something that lifts you, and find something 
that will you know supplement your course so it's not just you know you're learning about torts and you're learning about contracts or you know you're learning about design or something that's separate and you're like i can't bother to do this like do something aside from that that pushes you there's some really good messages there, aren't there? And uh, just to take them in turn, the bit that I really enjoyed from Akil was he was talking about doing something that really, really interests you, that you feel, and it is it is a cliche, that you feel passionate about. Um, so for him, that was wanting to do something around the black community of students within NTU. I think that that's something that's really, really important. If you feel passionate about cocktails, then 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 join the Cocktail Society. So don't be restricted by what you feel you ought to do, but be happy with uh, thinking about what it is that you really want to do, I suppose. Uh, would you agree with that, Di? Absolutely, yeah. The other, the other thing I liked um, about both of those clips was the emphasis on helping others to then help yourself, which came through in that. So, you know, a lot of people think, oh, I, I need a bit of CV fodder kind of thing. So I need to do this because it would look good on my CV. What they're saying is they followed their passion, they followed their interests, they created something that helped others. And then that actually would be something that would look good on their CV, but that wasn't their main aim. So I think I think that's a really interesting one to to follow the lead of of helping others to help yourself like that a lot. And, and that's what Connor was talking about there as well in terms of uh, he was able to get lots and lots of those transferable skills with regard to having done students in classrooms, taking on this role not only in the classroom, but doing the mentoring side of things, developing those leadership roles. And it, it's, it's opened the door for him to take on managerial responsibilities in, in his uh, post-graduation life. And that's not to be sniffed at, I don't think. So another message that I think can be really important there is don't just restrict yourself to the role that you think you want to do. Think about what it is that you can do that will give you those building blocks, I suppose. But Diana, I'd also love to know your opinion on something that I read on LinkedIn. Uh, a friend of mine tagged me into a post and the post was a short article and the message was, don't just follow your passion, follow your purpose. Now, I'm putting ah, yes. you on the spot here, but what do you think about that? Oh, well, actually, in some of the sessions that I do when I talk about being enterprising, um, I have a really wonderful little video which which distills um, something called Ikigai, which is a Japanese concept about, about finding your purpose. And um, those of you who are mathematicians listening will understand what I mean when I say Venn diagram, but it shows you the Venn diagram of what you love doing, what you're really good at, and what the world needs and what someone will pay for, uh, pay for. And, and the sort of sweet spot in the middle is, is about passion, purpose, um, some income coming from it, and also the world benefiting. And that's a really great spot to, to find. So I think your purpose is about all of those things combined together. And you can read up more about Ikigai, which explains it in a far more articulate way than I just have. So, yeah. Well, and without wanting to make this about me, I think you possibly described my career story there because I didn't really know 
what I wanted to do but I just had this gut instinct after I graduated I did a few different jobs that I didn't really get any sense of purpose from I didn't really enjoy I threw myself into them but I didn't enjoy them and after a while I just thought okay what is it that I think I'd be really excited by I I want to do something that's in education that's working with people but I didn't I knew I didn't want to be a teacher and so after that I started working in colleges and then in university and I was working in a careers team but not doing careers advice and Mm -hmm. I saw the work that the careers consultants were doing and I thought this this is it and since then I've been a qualified careers consultant for quite a lot of years now and I've enjoyed it every single minute because I feel like I've got that balance of passion I really enjoy the work I do but purpose I think it's something that I'm good at and I think that's something that I am able to give something back to the people I'm working with whether they be students or graduates or even my colleagues and um, in the background we've got Chris who's uh, the employability manager for this school of architectural design and built environment and he's just very helpfully typed into uh, to our chat in the background trying things out in the spirit of experimentation can help us find our purpose which is wonderful um Mm. i have no idea if if he's stolen that from somewhere or if he's come up with that himself but it relates back to a careers theory called planned happenstance sometimes you have a bit of luck and a bit of judgment and it can help you find your way and and i also think people often think about a career a career path one path but but paths have branches and there is nothing to stop you going back down that path to the branch and going in a different direction. And I often talk to people about my career path and talk about it as zigzaggy up until the point where I um, heard someone else talking about it and describing it as squiggly, which I really <laughs> like. So, yeah, I've definitely had a squiggly career. Like you, Rich, I, I, I wanted to find where I was going. I knew that I wanted to make a living from my creativity. I tried um doing design and um and and making cards and and prints as I've I've mentioned after graduating from NTU and and that's that was that was my first business but I soon discovered I love people too much couldn't starve in a garret like artists used to do in the old days because I also like food a lot and that was when I started sharing my skills with others and that's where I found my squiggly path of of helping others in various ways and having said that this isn't a conversation about us we've just talked about <laughs> ourselves for a few minutes but it neatly leads on to our next clip another great example of extracurricular work related learning so that idea about positively impacting other people the fact that it will by coincidence have a, a positive effect on your cv and your portfolio so claire undertook a project to design and create bags that elderly patients suffering from dementia could use to store their possessions, a a stash of memories, I suppose. And this is her talking about her experience of doing that. I saw an email about art therapy and potential volunteering opportunities. Uh, So I went along to the meeting, got talking to someone called Jo, who was uh, a nurse on the occupational therapy ward at the QMC in Nottingham and um, we talked about resources and the kind of thing that could be useful on the ward for her patients who are mainly um, suffering with dementia and um, one thing that came up is that uh, people with dementia like to what they call nest uh, so kind of gather belongings often in bags or pouches 
and it gives them a sense of uh, kind of calm and like they have all their things and it's it's sort of like a like a comfort to them and uh, so I designed a range of bags for men and women um, inspired by their past and there's some real positive messages coming out there first of all this is a great example as we said of passion and purpose overlapping massively um, Chris once again has just dropped in the chat and he said that this clip is a really great example about being at university, giving you great opportunities. So Joe, that Claire mentioned in that clip, she works for the NHS. Within our contacts and employability, we got in touch with Joe. Joe, um, we sent out an email saying Joe's going to come along and talk about opportunities to do something which is an extracurricular opportunity. But if you want to help people using your creative skills, come along. Claire came along, she spoke to Joe. she got that wonderful opportunity, gave her a chance to experiment, gave her an opportunity to find a new application for her creative skills. And it really was something that was clearly a very, uh, had a lasting impact on Claire's practice and on Claire as a person. So keep an eye on your emails, everyone. Keep an eye on your now news feeds. Keep an eye on the things that are posted on Teams because you might just find an opportunity that you really, really want to do. Yeah, I think there's a there's a real message there of curiosity as well from Claire. So she went along to that meeting, having it drop in her email box, not really knowing what it was about or what she might be able to bring to it. And then had that really interesting, curious conversation with Claire, the nurse, to find out about the people's needs. Um, so that learning from others in a curious conversation is a, is a great thing to do in whatever space that that happens. You know, often when um, I mentioned the word networking, people get really scared of that because it sounds like standing around in a room being embarrassed. But actually, um, networking comes in many forms. And if you've got that curiosity mindset, then you can find out things and you can take up opportunities and, and those sort of work related learning experiences that, that you can seek out just by having conversations with people are amazing. And just on that topic of networking, look, networking is scary. I'm an experienced careers consultant and I find the concept terrifying. But what you find is that things like networking, the more you do them, the better you get. So starting off with networking could be just attending a talk. And even if you're too scared to say anything, you know, you sit you sit there and you listen to what other people have to say. The next time you sit there and you listen to what people have to say and you might ask a question at the end or you might type a question into the chat as everything's online now. Um, you can also go back. The great thing about moving online, you can go back and look at the details of the NTU job fairs, employer talks, the Creative Futures Fair, for example, and you can revisit what's there and you can use that as an opportunity to get in touch with an employer or um, a guest speaker via LinkedIn or email or even send them a DM on Instagram or Twitter and just say, I saw your talk that you delivered at NTU and I found it so exciting and interesting. Would it be OK to, for me to uh, connect with you? So yeah. um, now, Diana, I was just going to mention, because you've obviously done some work with Claire and, and she's got this episode where she was talking about starting up her own business. So uh, what do you know about what Claire's doing now? When's the last time you spoke to her? Oh, I haven't spoken to her, but I have had communication over email and she's doing very well. She's really focused the creative work that she's doing and is marketing that well and, and, and doing fine. So she had help from NTU Enterprise. She, she actually did a graduate internship 
with us um, and spent quite a long time working on her enterprise and, and kind of honing down her messages, her marketing and the like, and is becoming very successful. So go back to that episode and, um, and, and have a listen and then perhaps go to Claire Cecilia and, and see what she's up to now because she is on Instagram. There you go. I've advertised for her, which never miss a marketing opportunity. That's what I would say. Um, so it's important to mention at this stage that work-related learning doesn't have to be an extracurricular thing because there are some great experiences that you can get as part of your course and that can be a real win-win. So we absolutely recommend that you seek out any modules that feature placements, projects, simulations and the like. I know I've offered some live briefs for photography students, for instance, where they're doing it within the curriculum and, um, you know, that there's loads of those about. So it's, again, keeping that curiosity. And you notice that we're using that phrase work-related learning, which does sound a bit textbook-like, but we're, we're using that phrase in lieu of saying volunteering, placements, internships, extracurricular activity, because these things are not so linear. Actually, something that you're doing on your course could be very useful. Something you're doing as a hobby could be very useful. Um, something that you're doing, you know, We've seen loads of students in the last year maybe selling stuff via eBay or Etsy or setting up a Depop clothing store or something like that because many of you have struggled to get work due to the pandemic. So you thought, OK, what can I do for myself? And the amount of times that I've seen students who say, can I mention that on my CV or in my job applications? Of course you can do it. And this is what we're talking about when we're talking about work related learning in this instance. Now, we're going to move on to uh, hear about another former guest on MCAST and another one who you know quite well, Diana. Yes, I do, Rish. Ayin Consola Adebayo, fondly known as Ayin, uh, came to NTU Enterprise for support to start a business. One of the most traditional types of in-curriculum work-related learning is a placement year, and that's what Ayin chose to do at Rolls-Royce. But not everyone can or even wants to do a placement year. So it's great that shorter opportunities exist, which is what Scott's episode coming soon highlights brilliantly through the project he did as part of his Media at Work module. So shall we give what they had to say a listen? Roll the clip. You know, the three years I had there were a great learning experience. I didn't really know what I wanted to do afterwards, but as I was going through it, it gave me opportunities and chances to learn what I wanted to do and what I was more passionate about. Rolls-Royce was was really interesting. I remember actually having a conversation with yourself about that, you know, fight between do I just work on my business for a year um, or do I go on placement? And I think I just came to a resolve of actually, I need to go and get some placement and get some placement experience. But I'm actually very glad I did. Um, so I was working on digital transformation when I actually look back at it and look at where I am now, I needed those digital transformation skills in terms of writing business requirement documents. And also being in the logistics department, I actually needed that because right now in Neo Hair and Beauty, we are working with manufacturers and suppliers and, and shipping things from China, shipping things from America and um, to customers. And I needed the logistics skills. I needed to understand in code terms and all these um, logistic language. We had to do a mandatory, uh, I think it was like a 36 hour placement somewhere. And I was, I was nervous as hell. I was actually bricking it, to be honest, when I heard it. I think we all were in the class because we, nobody expected it to happen. 
Presumably and 36 hours, just to clarify, it was a time period of 36 hours, but you weren't expected to like have no sleep or, or eat no, or no, no, during no, that yeah, time. Yeah. Sorry, it sounds <laughs> like a torture. <laughs> no, no, no. It, yeah, it was 36 hours over a period of time. And I was like, I just didn't know what I wanted to do. And I was, because I have autism as well. So it was quite a nerve wracking thing to have to go out and then try and get, find something. And I ended up then finding a job to be a freelance videographer for a charity called um, Ignite Futures. And they were do filming the Nottingham Festival of Science and Curiosity. And I did that and I absolutely loved it. And it was such a great experience I had because it gave me that chance to do something that I would potentially want to do in the future. Yeah, and I loved it. And then to see my work get put on their main advertisement page, it was amazing because that was that first real life experience and that first proper piece of work that I put out for a company and it was just amazing to see that progress really. Great advice from both. What I really liked about Oyin's clip there was that she said she didn't know what her purpose was when she was at Rolls-Royce but actually it's fitted in very nicely with her big plan with with her company Neo Enterprises and um, just for the sake of the recording at the time that we are recording this neo enterprise is currently shortlisted for two innovation awards which you know whether you win them or not to get on that shortlist is such a great achievement for a young business isn't it di absolutely yeah um and it also reminds me that you know you've got to be in it to win it as my dad always said so if there are competitions out there that you can be nominated for go for them because someone's got to win and that relates back to what Scott was saying as well, because he had this media at work module. They ask you to do these 36 hours, not consecutively. <laughs> yes, I know. I was slightly worried about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but with that, what he ended up doing, and which was scary for him at the time, was he decided to go with the flow. This is something I've been presented with. I'm just going to see what's out there, see where it takes me. And it proved to be a really, really positive experience Work-related learning, it can be scary, it can be nerve-wracking, but the benefits you gain are really, really positive if you just go for it. And to me, that highlights something that sounds really cliched and cheesy, but there's no such thing as bad experience, because even an experience where you don't enjoy it or you think, I'm not going to do that again, that's something you've learned and you can take with you. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's it's really good. I think Scott was very honest about how he was feeling about lots of things in his episode. So do have a listen to that one. And similarly, actually, with with Oyen saying, you know, that she wasn't really sure about that placement. And and I remember when she came to talk to me about it and said, well, really, I could just keep going with Neo Enterprise. Why do I need to do a placement? Yeah. But at the same time, and, it, and you know, she was at a crossroads at that point. And actually, as it turns out, that placement really helped her business and the next level of her business. So had she not done that, when she came to the logistics in her business, when she came to those business development documents that she was writing at Rolls-Royce that she then needed to put into her own business, she wouldn't have had those particular skills that she could take with her. Um, I think Scott's episode with, with that, you know, oh my goodness, this is a compulsory placement. This is really scary. We don't put placements into courses to scare people. We put them there because they are of huge value. And I think don't be afraid of, of those things that are compulsory within your modules that that 
involve things like placements because you will learn a huge amount really quickly from them. Once again, credit to Chris because he's just popped in our chat there saying the best learning takes place when you're outside of your comfort zone. Mm. The stretch zone, I think it's called. The place where you're just a little bit uncomfortable enough to be knowing that you're learning something new and trying something new, which is always a good way to go. Anything that you do adds to that kind of rich tapestry of what you can offer. So, yeah, working behind a bar, uh, working in retail, you come across different people, you communicate in different ways, you have different types of pressures and everything you do, you're learning from it. And the phrase that we're, we're, we're adopting here at NTU isn't just about lifelong learning. It's about life-wide learning. And our Deputy Director of Employability, Doug, will be delighted that we've thrown that phrase in there. Life-wide learning, the perfect place to conclude today's episode. Mm, so we say thank you very much. So thank you to our previous guests who we've used, uh, used your clips again because there's so much value in those. Thank you to Diana, my co-presenter today. And thank you very much to uh, Chris Jones and to producer Henry, who are knitting this all together in the background, even though you can't hear them. Most of all, thank you to you, listener. We hope that you will join us again soon on another episode of EmpCast. <laughs> <laughs>